morning is the epistle lesson appointed for this first Sunday in Advent from Romans chapter 13. Paul writes, by inspiration of the Spirit, and do this, understanding the present time. The hour has already come for you to wake up from your slumber, because our salvation is nearer now than when we first believed. The night is nearly over. The day is almost here. So let us put aside the deeds of darkness and put on the armor of light. Let us behave decently as in the daytime, not in carousing and drunkenness, not in sexual immorality and debauchery, not in dissension and jealousy. Rather, clothe yourselves with the Lord Jesus Christ and do not think about how to gratify the desires of the flesh. This is the word of the Lord. There are many great inventions that have changed the world and and how we live. I think about the wheel, paper, the printing press, the telephone, the light bulb, computers. I mean, the list goes on and on about, about all of these revolutionary inventions that have changed everything for us. But how about this one? The snooze alarm. Right? That snooze button, don't you just love it? Right? It goes off and you just hit it and you get another nine minutes of sleep just like that. And then another nine and another nine, right? The snooze alarm. I love that button. But the fact is, if we abuse the snooze button, it really doesn't mean anything anymore, does it? Because what do you end up doing if you like that snooze button? You just build that into the time for when you're going to set your alarm, right? If you're planning to hit it three times, you're just going to set it 27 minutes earlier in the first place, right? Or if you use that snooze button enough, right, you don't even have to look. You just reach over and hit that button on your clock or your phone, right? You don't even have to look. Or, or even con- consciously, you don't even hear that alarm going off anymore because you're just so used to hitting that snooze button. And in the end doesn't have the effect it's supposed to, that alarm, if we just keep hitting the snooze. Do you need to stop hitting the snooze button? No, I don't mean on these chilly Arizona mornings where you don't want to get out of bed. It was 38 when I got up today, by the way. Spiritually speaking, do you need to stop hitting the snooze button? Is it time for you to wake up? That's what the Apostle Paul, by inspiration of the Spirit, is writing about to us this morning. He's giving us a wake-up call. Christians, believers, children of God. Because we need to be ready. We need to be awake. We need to be prepared for a day that's coming. And no, not Christmas. I hate to break it to you, you don't really need to prepare for Christmas. It already happened 2,000 years ago. Mary had to get ready for Christmas. Joseph had to get ready for Christmas. God had to prepare for Christmas. You don't really need to. That's not the day that you need to prepare for. Because the fact is, there's a second coming. Jesus is coming again. And it's not going to be as a cute little baby in a manger. 
It's going to be in all of his power and all of his glory with all of his angels. And he's coming to judge. And we've got to be awake. We've got to be ready for that day. And so the question for you to consider this morning is, are you ready? Or have you been perpetually hitting that snooze button? Are you in a spiritual slumber? Paul writes to us here this morning. He says at the beginning of this lesson, he says, And do this, understanding the present time. The hour has already come for you to wake up from from your slumber, because our salvation is nearer now than when we first believed. The night is nearly over. The day is almost here. If you have your Bible open or a Bible open, uh, look, at, look at the verses just before our lesson this morning. Because it starts out with, and do this. We've got to know the context. What's the this that he's talking about? So if you look at the verses just before this in Romans chapter 13, verses 8 to 10, we're starting at verse 11. Verses 8 to 10 is all about love. Love for your neighbor. He says that love is the fulfillment of the law. You can sum up the commandments in one word, and that is love. So Paul is writing, love. Love God, love your neighbor. Love as you have first been loved by him. This is what you are to be doing, knowing that the day is coming. Understanding the present time that your salvation is near. That you need to wake up. That you need to be ready. And while you're ready, while you're waiting, to love. Because when Jesus comes back, what's he going to look for? He's going to look for faith. And he's going to look for love that's been prompted by that faith. And what's he going to find? You can't keep hitting the snooze button. You can't keep just walking through life in this sleepwalk. You got to wake up because on that last day, when that alarm goes off, when that trumpet sounds, there is no snooze button. You can't say, Jesus, I need another nine minutes to get ready. No. The day is here. You got to be ready. You got to be waiting. Because you don't want that day to terrify you. You don't want that thought of Jesus appearing again to strike you with fear. Instead, you want to receive him with joy and comfort and welcome him gladly. Paul tells us to wake up from your slumber. Your salvation is nearer now than yesterday. We're one day closer to that day. He says that the day, night is nearly over. The day is almost here. Are you ready? Are you ready to meet him? Because today could be the day. Tomorrow's not the day to get ready. Next year is not the year to get ready. 10, 15 years from now, later in life is not the time to get ready. It's now. Because your salvation is almost here. 
And that's unnatural for us, right? <laughs> to want to be in this ready state. It's unnatural for us to do what Paul tells us here and to love as, as we're looking forward to that day because, because that's not what our sinful flesh wants to do. Our sinful flesh just wants to focus on what I'm doing right now. It only wants to focus on me. That sinful flesh, what it naturally wants to do is to love me and only me and not care about anybody else, not care about God, not care about the future or, or judgment. But call, Paul calls us here to be ready now, to be ready while it's still dark, to be ready for that day to come. Now, I'm sure you've had it in your life those times when, when your, your body is up but it knows it shouldn't be, it's just not natural. Uh, maybe, maybe it was to catch that early morning flight, right, when you've got to be off to the airport by 3 a.m. Or, or when you've got to take the child to the emergency room. Or, or we've got to run to the 24-hour pharmacy to pick up that cold medicine at 1 in the morning. Right? You're up. You're awake, but, but you feel discombobulated. You feel out of sync. You, just, you know that your body should be in bed sleeping, but you know, you're up. It just feels unnatural, doesn't it, that feeling? But that's what Paul's telling us to do here. It's nighttime yet. The day is not quite here yet. But you've got to be awake. You've got to be ready. You can't keep hitting that snooze button. The time to be awake is now. Are you ready? Paul says, The night is nearly over. The day is almost here. So let us put aside the deeds of darkness and put on the armor of light. Let us behave decently as in the daytime, not in carousing and drunkenness, not in sexual immorality and debauchery, not in dissension and jealousy. Here Paul tells us there's a number of things that we need to put off as we wait for that day to come and a number of things we need to put on while we wait for his coming again. Did your mom ever tell you when you were younger that nothing good happens after midnight? And she was right, right? I mean, how much good really does happen after midnight? The things that we don't want in, to be seen in the day, we do at night. We do behind locked doors. We do when we think no one's watching or listening. We want those deeds to be in the darkness. Paul here says, do away with these things. Put aside those things that you would do in the dark. Put aside those things that you don't want to see the light of day. That slanderous talk about someone else. Those things that you would not say to someone's face, but you are ready to say them to anyone and everyone behind their back. Put them aside. Those sexual vices that you have convinced yourself are not really an addiction, put those things aside. That, that drunkenness that you have told yourself is just your way to, to calm down and to relax after a hard, long day at work, put it aside. 
that hatred and that jealousy and that dissension that you allow to reside in your heart towards another human being, put it aside. These are deeds of the darkness. These are not what a child of God does. It's not who they are. And the word here in the original for put aside literally means to get rid of it. And so if you are doing any of these things or whatever that sin in your life might be, stop it completely. And instead of putting on the deeds of darkness, oh, that our sinful flesh longs for and wants to do, he says, put on the armor of light. Do those things that you would do in the daytime. Do those things that you would do in front of your parents, kids, and parents in front of your kids. Do and say those things that you would say in front of strangers. Do and say those things you would say in front of your pastor or in front of Jesus. Because why you can't see him, he can see you. You know that, right? He knows everything that you do. You're not hiding anything from him. He can peer through locked doors. He's there when you think you're all alone. He knows every word that you muttered under your breath that you didn't think anyone else heard. He knows every evil, sinful thought that goes through that mind of yours. Put on the armor of light. Put away those deeds of darkness. Put on that armor of light. Do more loving deeds to your spouse. Find more joy in your job. Desire more peace in your family. Have more patience with your kids. Show more kindness to the person you don't know. Be more gentle with that person who doesn't know as much as you. Have more self-control when someone angers you. Put on the armor of light. Get rid of these deeds of darkness because you know what those deeds of darkness do? They ravage families. They ruin marriages. They destroy friendships. They separate us from a holy God. Get rid of these things and put on instead the armor of light. But there's one big problem. Your armor is not light. Your armor is weak. Your armor is going to fail you. And if your plan is to stand before the judge on that last day wearing your armor, you're in trouble. And what it's going to mean for you if you plan to stand before the judge in your armor, in your love, in your goodness, in your kindness, in your gentleness, you know what you're going to get? You're going to get the darkness that you chose in this life and you're going to get it forever.
And that's why Paul points us to a different armor that we need to wear right now and on that last day. He says, rather than all of these other things, clothe yourselves with the Lord Jesus Christ. The armor that Paul says you need to put on, the armor of life that is yours to wear, is that of the Lord Jesus Christ. There aren't many times in the New Testament that we get Jesus' name with both of his titles, the Lord Jesus Christ. It comes up a few times, and obviously here it is. But in that name, in those titles, we learn everything we need to know about who we can clothe ourselves with, the armor that we can wear. The Lord Jesus Christ. All right, Jesus, that is his human earthly name. And it means Savior. The one who saves. He is the Christ. That means he is the anointed one, the chosen one, the one that God had promised to send from eternity. And he is the Lord. He is God himself. Lord and ruler and king over all. This is the God-man. This is the chosen one. This is our Savior who we are told to clothe ourselves with. This one who lived in this world of darkness but never became part of it. This Lord Jesus Christ who lived in a world with friends who loved the darkness, with the devil who was constantly trying to draw him into that darkness. But for you, always lived in the light. Who kept every command of God perfectly for you. This Lord Jesus Christ, who let the light of his life be snuffed out as he died. Not for anything he had done, but for everything you and I have done. For all of our deeds of darkness. For all the times that we have chosen to live in the darkness rather than the light, Jesus died. So that we could be forgiven. So that we could know peace. So that we could know what true love is. So we could experience the patience and the kindness and the goodness of our God. This Lord Jesus Christ is who we are told to clothe ourselves with and to put on his armor. And that's what we need. We need his armor. We need his belt of truth and his breastplate of righteousness and his sandals of readiness and his helmet of salvation and his sword of the Spirit because it's only here that we can stand before that judgment seat and know what our eternal future will be. A life lived in the eternal light. A life with him forever. Not relying on our own merits, on our own armor, our own love and goodness and patience and self-control, but on his. On his perfect record. On his innocent death. On his resurrection from that tomb to assure us that all is done. And as we wait for that day to come, dear friends, as we stand ready, as we remain awake 
and ready for that day to come, for our judge to come. We stand with that armor on, with that armor of light, with that armor of our Lord Jesus Christ, which alone can defend us from temptation and sin, which alone can defend us from that evil one who seeks to drag us back into that darkness, that alone can defend us against those evil ways of the world that want us to join with them. That's how we remain awake. That's how we remain vigilant and strong and stead and firm, firm and steadfast. Wearing that armor of light of our Lord Jesus Christ. It's yours. It's yours. Jesus gives you that armor. He gives you himself to clothe you in. As he takes you back to the waters of your baptism and reminds you that there he brought you into his family. There he clothed you in the robes of his righteousness and washed away your sins. That armor of light is yours. You are clothed in our Lord Jesus Christ as you read his word. As you come to church here and hear that word. As you come to this table and receive his very body and blood for the forgiveness of every sin and the peace you need for your heart and that promise of your salvation. That armor of light and clothing yourselves with the Lord Jesus Christ, it's yours as you encourage one another in faith. As you admonish one another in love and call each other to repentance. It's yours, dear Christian. That armor of light, that clothing of our Lord Jesus Christ, as we continually to help keep each other awake. To make each other ready for that last day. For that day when we will stand before not only the judge, the, the seat of our of the judge, but before our Savior. Standing in his righteousness, his holiness standing with that armor that is our assurance that we are of the light and we will get to live in that light forever. Friends, it's time to stop hitting that spiritual snooze button. It really is. I know it's still night. I know we just want to be in that darkness. It's what our sinful flesh longs for and desires, but that is not who you are. You are of the light. You are a child of the light. You wear, by God's grace, that armor of light, your Lord Jesus Christ. So live, let's live like today's the day. Let's live like today's the day that our judge is coming back, because it could be. It very might well be. Because on that day, we want to receive him in joy. On that day, we want to receive him is not only our judge, but our savior, our redeemer, our friend, our brother, the one who we get to live with forever. Are you ready? It's time to wake up. Amen.